Awesome. How are you doing this morning? Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Okay. I've got a bit of a confession to make to you this morning that, uh, uh, do you know what? There's moments in your life where, and only a few moments, when you stand on the edge of something that's so huge that you realize that from here on after, things will never be the same again. And uh, I've only had four of those moments in my life thus far, and this is my fifth. So the other four were uh, firstly leaving my parents' house when I was 17 years old. Uh, The other one was committing my life to Christ, and my life was never the same. I never regretted that for one day. That was over 20 years ago. The next decision that I realized that I was standing on the edge of something that was forever going to change my life was the day that I got married to Kalinda. So uh, thank God. That was a good decision. Forever changed for the better. And uh, the other day that uh, forever changed my life was the birth of my, four, uh, my first baby, when already you know that things in life will never be the same again. Never, ever be the same again. And so today is only the fifth time in my life where I've stood on the edge of something that just seems so enormous that uh, it's kind of overwhelming, where it's like almost like the curtains of eternity get pushed aside and you get a glimpse of what lies ahead and, uh, and the cost of all that. So this morning, I want to be able to push to that edge with you to take you there, that you would experience that with me. The trick is, is that I've got to do it without melting down because... Uh, <laughs> because I've got a message to preach, okay? So, uh, uh, thank God. All right, so um, I want to break my message into two parts this morning. First of all, I want to preach and encourage you and inspire you from the Word of God. And uh, and after that, I want to uh, share with you what Kalindra and I are doing in the context of the message that I've just preached. So there's two parts to this message. This is a a two-part game this morning. And uh, so uh, let's start straight off because I've got a lot to say and a short time to say it. So, uh, you know, 2010, prophetically, the Lord has spoken to us as a church. As a church, it's time to strengthen our foundations. It's time to examine our foundations as a church and as a people. Look at what we're made of. Look at how we're constructed And see that we can build deeper, stronger, more powerfully for the years ahead. And uh, the incredible thing about foundations is that they're not visibly obvious. You can't see the foundations of a skyscraper or a house. You can't see those things, yet they are vital to the stability of of that building. You see, you can have a large, beautiful house, but if its foundations are flawed, it's a worthless hazard. You see, the size and depth of a foundation determine the size and the weight and the stability of the structure that's built on it. Now, here at Bay City, we want a great church, a big church. Why would we want a big church? The reason we want a big church here in this place is because there's 100,000 people in this region most of whom do not know Jesus Christ, and they are going to a lost eternity. Why would we have a little small church? That would be the ultimate in selfishness. When we know the truth of Jesus Christ, when we know His saving grace, why would we settle 
for a small church. We want a great big church here in this place. We want a church that is not only big, but it is filled with the weight of God's glory. God's glory is heavy. It has a weight. And there must be a capacity within the church to hold on to that and bear the weight of His glory. We don't want a church, a big church, without the glory of God. We want a big church with the glory of God. We want a church that has the stability to withstand any pressure. You see, it's possible to build a big church with clever organization. It's possible to build a big church with great management and, and cunning marketing. But unless the foundations of that church are strong, it will fall in a time of pressure. And for those who have been living, in the, in the, uh, uh, living with Christ for, a, for a, any extended period of time, you would know that there is public and huge examples of exactly what I've said about this. Huge churches that have built without a foundation and then in a time of pressure has collapsed. We don't want to be like that. Bay City, we want Bay City to be a great church, a big church, filled with the glory of God. We want a church that will be able to withstand the pressure. And to do that, we need to be church members, each one of us, who have our foundations dug really, really deep, really strong and sure. So this morning, I'm going to preach on the foundation of faith, strengthening the foundation of our faith. You see, faith is a key that accesses the grace of salvation. Faith is not an optional extra in our Christian life. Faith accesses the very grace of salvation for us. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We're not saved by works. We're not saved by being good people. Thank God for that, because we'd all be in trouble. Say amen. How many of you would know you'd be in trouble if it wasn't for the grace of God? My word, I do. <laughs> Faith is not an optional extra. We don't get saved by our good works. We get saved through a faith in God who extends His loving grace to us. Faith is a key to pleasing God. Maybe in your Bible you can turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And it says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. You see, without faith it is impossible to please God. But the other side of that is with faith it is possible to please God. Church, as we strengthen the foundations of faith within our church, within our own lives, we open the key to pleasing God. So not only do we access His grace of salvation, but we access His pleasure in our lives. Now this morning I want to look at the life of faith and how we can strengthen the foundation of our faith by looking at a man who is known as the father of faith. His name is Abraham. And uh, I want you to turn over in your Bible to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 to 4, and we're going to camp there a little bit. Genesis chapter 12, 
And verse 1 to 4. Do you know what I'm do-, do you know where I'm going this morning? Okay, are you with me? All right. Okay, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. So let's learn from the father of faith. I'm going to begin in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So there's keys to strengthening our faith that we can learn from the life of Abraham. Abraham started life out as Abraham. Abraham, sorry. So anyway... We'll just, I'll just say Abraham from now on so we don't get tangled up. But there's a number of keys, five keys that I want to go over very quickly. Okay, and the first key to strengthening the foundation of our faith is to hear God's voice. God is a God who speaks. It says here, now the Lord said to Abraham, God is a God who speaks from the beginning of creation. God spoke the world into being. God has spoken to his servants from the beginning of the Bible right through to the end of the Bible. God speaks to his people and his servants right now in this day and age. God is a God who speaks. God speaks through his written word, his Bible, the Bible. God speaks through his prophets. And the prophets aren't just a phenomenon of the Old Testament. There's prophets in the earth today. There's prophets who occupy the office of prophet here in this church, Pastor Lynn and Ian Clayton. They occupy, occupy the office of prophet in this church. God speaks through his prophets. God speaks through the preached word. How many of you know that you can come to church on Sunday morning and you can hear a word like it's God speaking directly to you? You say, how did Pastor know that about me? How did he know all those things about me? That was just what I needed this morning. How many of you know that? You experienced that, of course. See, God speaks through his his preached word. And God speaks directly to men and women today. God speaks, but not everyone hears. Abraham heard. God speaks, but not everyone hears. You see, we are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings with a capacity to hear from the spirit world. We hear from the spirit world all the time. But mostly, we're tuned into a negative frequency and just think it's our own thoughts. You'll be familiar with them. These thoughts go something like, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? You are not good enough. No one here really cares about you. Don't be so stupid about this God deal. Don't take it so seriously. Why would you think those thoughts yourself? The truth is, you didn't. You might agree with them, but you're tuned in. Your spiritual antennae are tuned in to a negative frequency of the demonic realm that would say all these things. God doesn't say things like that. He says, wow, you're a good person. He says, 
I really love you. He says, you can do that. Those are the sorts of things that God says. In Romans 10, verse 17, why don't you flick over in your Bible very quickly to that. Romans 10 and verse 17. Hearing God's voice is essential to building our faith and building the foundation of our faith. It says in Romans 10 and verse 17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. This is present tense, current now. Faith comes by hearing God's word to us now, today. Not some time in the distant past. Not some time long, long, long ago. But it's present tense right now. Let me ask you, are you hearing God's voice to you today? Are you hearing what God has got to say to you today? Because God is a God who speaks and He longs for you to hear His word. He longs for you to be built up in your faith by hearing what He's got to say. So we need to position ourselves to hear God's word. How do we deal with that? We First, we deal with the blockages. So many people say to me, I can't hear God. I, I tell you, anyone can hear God. Anyone. Anyone can hear God. But first of all, you need to deal with the, bro- the blockages. Rejection. Rejection is a blockage that stops you from hearing God. Fear is a blockage that stops you from dealing with God. Undealt with sin stops you from hearing God. Busyness stops you from hearing God. If you deal with those blockages, then you begin to position yourself to hear from Him. So how do we position ourselves then? We spend daily time in the Word of God. We practice the discipline of every day coming before Him and opening up our hearts to read a passage from the Bible every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Just that you wouldn't forget to eat your breakfast or your lunch unless it was a time of fasting. Don't forget to have your time in the Word of God. Don't forget to do it. Spend time in it, but don't just read it like you'd read the newspaper. Open your heart to it. Look for what your spirit leaps or something inside it that's a promise to to claim. Look for something inside it that grips your heart. And don't let it go. Write it down. Journal it. Learn to build it into your life every day that you take something from God's Word. Every day to sustain you each day. Times of fasting and worship sensitize your spirit to the Word of God and hearing from the Lord. Says in Acts chapter 13 that as they fasted and ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke. Why do we have times of fasting, seasons of fasting, and and extended worship in the church? Because we want to hear God's voice, not because we want to be hungry. I don't like being hungry. I like my food. How many of you like your food? All right. So doing without your food is a hard deal. But I tell you, it becomes easy when you sensitize your spirit to hearing from God. So the first key to building the foundation of your life from Abraham, the foundation of faith in your life from Abraham, is hearing God's voice. The second key 
to building a strong foundation of faith is a key of obedience. Not only did Abraham hear God, he obeyed God. You see, there's plenty of people who never stop to listen to God. And there's plenty of people who listen to God, but don't do what he says. But God wants to take us beyond that to actually doing what he says. And uh, there's, a, there's a great parable when Jesus makes it so clear in Luke chapter 6, and verse 46 through to 49. It's, it's a great passage here. Why don't you turn to that in your Bible with me right now? Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49. And Jesus said, the people around him, he said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. Everyone say, does them. Everyone who hears my words and does them, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream bared it vehemently against that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream bet vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Wow, that's huge. You see, I want to be like that man who built his foundation on the rock. How many of you out there would like that? Built on the rock. You see, the same pressure, the same storm came against both of those houses, but one stood, one stood. Both of them heard the word of God. Both of them heard the sayings of Jesus. One of them did it. The one who did it, their life, their house stood the test of pressure. Now your life also will stand pressures. Your life will stand troubles and challenges. Your life also will stand all sorts of storms. But the scripture is clear that if your life is dug deep on the foundation of the rock by not only hearing the word of God, but doing the word of God, your life will be built so solidly that it doesn't matter what pressure comes against it, it will not be moved. How many of you want a life like that? Come on, someone shout out and say amen. 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 (laughs) You see, you cannot build a foundation of faith in your life without learning to walk in obedience. Obedience, first of all, to the obvious written word of God. Baptism, I don't know how hard baptism is for some people, but it seems pretty clear to me. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. But when I talk with so many people, they say, oh, I don't know about baptism. I I don't know if I'm ready for it. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Love. Forgiveness, not climbing into bed with someone that you're not married to. (laughs) It's pretty obvious, isn't it? You don't need any extended deep revelation to get that point. (laughs) Just obey it. You see, there's the obedience to the obvious, and then there's the obedience to the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. What to say, what not to say. That's a good thing to listen to. (laughs) Who to marry? Where to invest? 
Yeah, who not to marry? Yeah, good point. <laughs> to pray, to encourage, to give. These are inner promptings that if you sensitize your heart to the Word of God and walk in obedience to them, revelation expands for you. See, it's important that we teach our children to obey, not as taskmasters and, and control freaks, crushing their little spirits, but teaching them to obey and to experience the consequences of the mess they make. <laughs> I've seen parents rescue their children from the messes they make, and what they end up with is teenagers and adults who make messes and are completely oblivious to how to clean up, do not know, and cause themselves immediate pain. Don't do that to your children. Teach them to obey. Learn obedience ourselves through yielding and submission to our leaders. Oh, my word, that's a challenge for some people. <laughs> you see, we have great leaders in our church. They don't want to control your life. They've got better things to do, all right? <laughs> but they may ask you to do things. They might ask you to get with a particular vision. Yield your spirit. Yield your will and learn obedience. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, build your faith by learning obedience. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you for sure, disobedience is a path to a long, not necessarily a long, but a very uncomfortable life. Very uncomfortable long, a life, and it's not necessarily long. The pathway of dis disobedience is harsh. <laughs> the third key to building a strong foundation of life is being prepared to get out of your comfort zone. Being prepared to get out of your comfort zone. You see, God said to Abraham, get out, get out of your father's house, from your relatives, from your country, everything that is familiar to him. God asked him to do this. Get out from everything that was secure to him. Get out of your comfort zone, Abraham. I have a whole new appreciation for that. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can read a passage in the Bible and go blah, 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 and not let it touch you. Okay, but let it touch you that Abraham was asked to leave his father's house, leave his family, leave his friends, leave his own house, leave everything that was familiar to him. That's what Abraham was asked to do. And he was prepared to do that, to get out of his comfort zone. Now, God won't necessarily ask all of us to go to another nation. In fact, that's not the general pattern. But he will ask us to get out of our comfort zone. He will ask us to stretch beyond what's comfortable for us. Because the kingdom of God is radically different to the ways of this world. And living in the kingdom will cause our flesh nature, our human nature, to freak out, to rebel and say, I can't believe that you would ask me to do this. Why would you get me to do this? What am I talking about? I'm talking about loving the unlovely. 
You see, it's easy to love those who love us. No trouble at all. But loving the unlovely, now that pushes our comfort barriers. It's nice. It's easy to love those who are kind to us and nice. But what about the person who causes life so much misery to you, who does unlovely things to you and around you? God says, love the unlovely. The kingdom of God causes us to stretch beyond our comfort zones and forgive the unforgivable. I know that in here, there's many people who have experienced tragedies, traumas, injustices. And the natural way is to hold on to that unforgiveness and say, they've got to pay for that somehow. But Jesus says, forgive the unforgivable for your own benefit. Forgive you. Forgive. Forgive. He pushes our comfort zones by asking us to give instead of withholding, telling the truth when lying or silence is more convenient. He pushes our comfort zones by making us, asking us. He doesn't make us. He asks us to take responsibility instead of blaming others. He pushes our comfort zones by asking us to walk in mutual submission and yielding instead of stubborn independence and control. He pushes our comfort zones by asking us to say no to sin and temptation. In these ways, God calls us out of the comfort of the life that we've lived as unbelievers. And many people try and bring that into the kingdom. But God says, leave that behind. Come into another country, a country of unconditional love, a country of forgiveness, a country of generosity and giving, a country of giving instead of withholding. All those things God asks us to come into and leave behind the other things. And they will be uncomfortable to our flesh. I tell you, there's times when my flesh is gone. God, you push me one step too far. Eh? <laughs> Maybe two or three. I don't like this. <laughs> and you have the choice. You go back to the country that you feel comfortable with or to yield and embrace the country that God has called you into. Someone say amen this morning. <laughs> okay, the fourth key to building a strong foundation of faith is to realize it's not all about you. Isn't that a revelation? <laughs> and you thought life was all about you. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It wasn't all about Abraham. What do you mean by that? We see when Abraham went out, he took his wife he took his nephew Lot. He took all of his servants with him. All of their lives were dramatically impacted by Abraham's walk of faith. Dramatically. And more than that, through Abraham's step of faith, God promised to bless all the nations of the earth. And in fact, we walk in the blessings of Abraham ourselves. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, all the blessings of Abraham and the promises that came upon him also transfer to your life. Isn't that an incredible thing? See, Abraham's step of faith moved way beyond his own life 
and rippled down through the centuries, rippled down through the years and the centuries to touch our lives thousands of years later. Who knows what your step of faith, what building faith into the foundations of your life, what that will mean for those that are around you and for future generations. Who knows what that will be? See, this wasn't just about Abraham. Impact, the decisions that we make impact the lives of those around us. It's not all about you. The human nature is to worship the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. Okay. We want to be the gods of our own little world and be the center of our own universe and make our decisions without reference or consideration to anyone else because we can. And you can. That's your choice. But let me tell you straight, that's not the way of the kingdom. You see, in the kingdom, we're connected to everyone else in a body where our decisions impact on the lives of others. You see, independence is not the way of the kingdom. It might be the way of the Kiwi, but it's not the way of the children of God. Don't bring our Kiwi culture into the culture of the kingdom. Independence isn't the way of the kingdom. You see, kingdom life and blessing flow through us in direct proportion to our degree of connectedness. That's hard medicine for do-it-yourself Kiwis. But it's something that I've learned, a powerful lesson, that my degree of connectedness to the house of God and to the people of God opens up a flow of life to me that enables me to function in an area and an ability that is way beyond what I've earned myself. And I don't ever take that lightly. You see, that's available for each of us. The fifth key to building a strong foundation of faith in your life is knowing that it will be the making of you. Knowing that it will be the making of you. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, God said to Abraham, go from your country, your family. In verse 2, and he says, I will make you. I will make you. You, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Strengthening the foundation of faith in your life will make you, it will not break you. Sometimes we are fearful and think, God, you're asking so much of me, it's going to break me. No, the walk of faith will make you. You see, God does not have any desire to break or crush you. He wants to build your life and to make it something great, make it something of significance. And the walk of faith will open that up for you. You see, how many of us long for significance in our life, that our lives would mean something and count for something? If that's you, put your hand up this morning. All right. You see, within every healthy, normal person, there is a desire for significance that our lives would mean something. That we wouldn't just end up a plot in the ground with a little label on the top, but our legacy would live on in the lives and hearts of people that would go beyond us, that we would make a difference in the lives of others. 
The walk of faith and building a strong foundation of faith in your life will enable that to happen, will transfer your life from insignificance to significance. You see, in walking out of Ur of the Chaldees, walking out of Haran, Abraham moved from a life of, of, uh, of insignificant idolatry, moved him into a place of influence over the affairs of the earth. You see, Jesus said to his disciples, follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. Church, I want to pause for a minute. And I want you to imagine your life. Imagine your life if you positioned yourself to hear God's voice. Imagine your life if you committed to walking out what you heard in faithful obedience. Imagine your life if you were prepared to get out of your comfort zones. Imagine your life if you realized that it was bigger than yourself. And it wasn't just about you. Let me tell you, that would be the making of a great life. That would be the making of a life that would be significant. That would be the making of a life that would impact and bless others, this region and the nations of the earth. That would be such a life. Church, I want you to imagine if we all committed to doing that here in this place, if we all committed to building a foundation of faith in our lives, if we all committed to hearing God's voice, as we all committed to walking that out in faithful obedience, as we all prepared to stretch out beyond our comfort zones and do things that aren't necessarily natural to us. Imagine if we as a church realized that it was more than about ourselves. I tell you, that would be the making of a great church. That would be the making of a church that would impact this nation, this region. That would be the making of a church that would impact the nations of the earth. How many of you want to be a part of that church? Oh, hallelujah.